listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Got a special guest with me, evangelist Mike Vidalich is here. And um, I just wanted to say, first, thanks for being on. Um, but you've, it's amazing. I mean, I will take today's broadcast to talk about it, but you've seen God do so many things um, recently, not just in this nation, but in other nations. Yeah. But um, for, I wanted you, as people are jumping on, to just kind of talk. And we'll, we'll see some of the things that we'll, we'll play the video and, and, and a bunch of stuff that, we, that he's seen happen recently. But um, I wanted you to kind of share with everybody a little bit on, on how you got started. You know, you're called a ministry. You went to Bible school. For those that don't know, he went to Bible school at the river, uh, got to serve with Pastor Rodney Howard Brown. And, uh, but just share a little bit about how that came to be. Like, yeah. how did that all unfold for you? Uh, well, th- first, thanks for having me. It's yeah. such an honor to be here. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I grew up, great church, Long Island. My parents taught me right and wrong. But uh, I knew from a long time ago that I had a call of God in my life. I just knew anything I tried to do, it always tried to br- bring back to my relationship with the Lord. And then uh, I had an encounter with the Lord, went to Bible school. And then I knew, you know, I made my mind up. I knew I was called to the ministry. I knew God was going to use me. Nothing else mattered at that point. And so I, I studied, showed myself approved, just what the Bible says to do. And um, graduated, went to Bible school, and was working a secular job. And... Uh, I always pushed forward to God. I would pray, fast, seek the Lord. And um, eventually when the Lord just opened, started opening doors, you know, uh, I want to say I had to put myself in an uncomfortable position, position to work faith, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, my... Meaning you, you, you could have stayed in a place where you felt comfortable just doing the natural things you were doing. Correct. Because you had skill, you had talent, you had work ethic. So it was very easy for you to, you could have just stayed in that path and and made everything work in the natural. But is that that what you mean by that? Yeah. And you knew you had something more in your spirit. Absolutely. You know, when I went to Bible school, one of the greatest pieces of advice I got was stay hungry, stay hungry. And so I always stayed hungry. I, you know, I never wanted to to go backwards. I always pushed forward. And um, then I got married, met my wife, got married, you know, in the natural. I could have stayed doing construction because that's what I was doing. I could have stayed making a, a set, simple salary. That's very rare, isn't it? Like an Italian doing construction in New York. <laughs> you don't see that often. That's a very, very rare thing. You must have been one yeah, of the right? only ones. I was the only one. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, you know, I wasn't following in anyone's footsteps. <laughs> <laughs> but but you, you felt the call in Long Island? Yeah. When I, when I was growing up, you know, when I was growing up, my mom raised us. Um, you know, my father grew up uh, Catholic, but my mom raised us Pentecostal. You know, my father didn't really care too much, but we grew up Holy Ghost meetings, and you know, my mom would would sing. She, I was a big fan of the Green Book hymns, you know. Yep. And so those songs are in my spirit, and even today they're still in my spirit. Just getting ready and just working, you know, it's always in my spirit. But God, you know, when I was a young age, I just knew. I just knew. I didn't know anything about you know pastoring, evangelism. I didn't know anything about the offices, the gifts, but I just knew in my spirit there was more. Yeah. There was more. 
You know, <clears throat> prior to even doing construction, I had, a, I had a business, I had a personal training business. I was making really great money. I'll never forget, my dad was so proud of me. I, I mean, I could go anywhere I want, buy any car I wanted. My credit was great. My, the bank account was great. And still, I wasn't satisfied. I wasn't satisfied. I mean, I was making decent money. And uh, I had an encounter with, with God. And I literally, you know, left everything to follow the call of God. What was that, uh, what was that catalyst um, when, you, when you felt like this is my encounter, like this moment changed my life to where I knew none of the stuff was going to be enough? Well, so, you know, uh, growing up, you know, Italian background, you're, you're around people that smoke cigars and, and drink and stuff like that. And like, I remember th- just like I got tired of that. And I said, Lord, if you're real, I don't want to do those things anymore. I, I, want, I want an encounter with you. And I remember I was in my bedroom one time. I was just praying. I was just praying. He's like, Lord, if you're real, I, need, I, I want evidence that you're real. I read all in the Bible about people having encounters with you. I want my encounter with you. Mm-hmm. And I remember I put a demand on it. I really sincerely put a demand on it. And the power of God hit me in my room. And I just felt fire come into me. And, and you know, I, it, was, it was the Lord because nobody was in my room. Mm-hmm. I fell out under the power. I didn't, you know, crack my head open. But it was just such a power event that I knew God was preparing me. And then I found out about the river. And so, you know, I grew up in a denominational church. I didn't know anything about soul winning. Yep. I didn't know anything about what, what's the next step. It's not like there's a, a handbook. Like, oh, right. you have an encounter with God, and then what happens? You find a Bible school, and then, you know. It's a good idea, though, Alex. Make a note of that. Let's, <laughs> let's make a handbook. There should be some sort of handbook for people that, like, they don't know what they're supposed to be doing. In fact, I will say this. It's a good thought that you brought up because when I went to Bible school, we had um, one of our professors who was a traveling minister. Yeah. He was like, no one teaches you these things about being an evangelist, like what you should do on the road, how you, how you yeah. treat pastors, how you interact with pastors and people in partnership and, and all that stuff. He actually put out a book called The Traveling Minister's Handbook. Really? Yeah. It was one of the things we got at Bible school, but that would be an excellent idea to put out for people to have some sort of a handbook to know, like, what do you... I'm sure everybody thinks that. What do you do next? What yeah. do you do from here? Yeah. You know, how did you, how did you even transition from a denominational church to finding out about Pastor Rodney? Well, so um, I remember um, we had speakers coming to my church, and uh, it was actually your, your cousin. Uh, he, he got invited to our church, and at the time, he, was, he wasn't even associated with anybody, but uh, he was doing a trip to Hawaii. Yeah, and I remember, I remember my mom signed me up, uh-huh. and uh, that's, it's a crazy story. Uh, I went, and he just said, hey, if you, if you want, there's a school in Tampa. You should go. Here's a scholarship. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's never a right time. The devil will always try to lie to you and say, oh, you know, I'll do it in six months, do it in five months, right. do it in a year. There's, nev- there's never a time for you to just run with the things of God. There will always be something. And the Lord showed me that there will always be a distraction sent from the enemy to prevent you. Because, yep. you know, he'll never give you a free run up the sideline. Yeah. You know, I watch enough sports. When, you're, when the Jets are carrying the football, there's always a defense. There's always an offense. Right. And so I, it's, it's literally something in my mind that just went off. I'm going to run with the things of God. I think that would be great. Like, for people that are watching, that is a great thought. Put it in the comments. If you're taking notes today, I would put that in your notes. There will never be a convenient time to do the thing that the Lord's asked you to do. That's one of the things that I wrote in the complete guide to biblical fasting. Because you talk to people about fasting and prayer. Let me just encourage you. There will never be a convenient time to fast. 
There's always going to be a birthday party. There's always going to be a dinner. There's always going to be some kind of thing where a, a work event. Yeah. There's always something that you can use to talk yourself out of fasting and prayer. The same exact thing is true with what he's saying. There's never a convenient time to just go and do what the Lord's called you to do. There is a sacrifice involved it's true. to obeying God. It's true. To giving up your will. It's like Jesus prayed, not my will, but your will be done. You've got to give that will up to go after what God's called yep. you to do. And then after, you know, my wife and I were married, I'm, I'm good friends with Evangelist Kofi. And so another thing that you have to do, learn to be is obedient. Because I'm saying, Kofi, I'm tired of doing construction. I'm tired. I, I mean, God, God's not going to make himself look bad. So he said, why don't you just go on Facebook, start praying for people, start doing ministry on Facebook Live. Instead of like saying that's a stupid idea, no one's going to watch me, you know, in a natural I have three visit, three people watching, one of which is my mom, the other one's my wife, you know, <laughs> right. it's, it's like that's stupid, why would I waste my time doing that? As soon as I was done with that conversation with him, I started doing Facebook Lives. Yeah. I just started ministering to people, I had no idea who they are, but I said I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this happen for right. you, you know, and so that was a big transition because, you know, they don't, once again, something they don't teach you. You right. Know, start a Facebook ministry or something like that. And simply be obedient. Yeah. You know, that's the thing people, so many people miss this one. because they're, they're more worried about what it'll look like when they start. Yeah. And they're afraid to start at whatever level they're at, but simply be obedient because the Bible says, and, and this was said right after, um, they had laid just the foundation of the temple in the old Testament, yeah. the new temple. And the Bible says, you know, they're looking at just the foundation. Now here's, what's crazy. If you look at the story, you've got the older Jews there yeah. that had seen the previous temple. Yeah. And you, you've got the younger ones who never saw it, but we're seeing this one. And the Bible says when they finished the foundation, that there was a mixture of, of reaction. Yeah. There was a mourning that went up from the older people because they'd seen the glory of the first temple. And there was a rejoicing that went up from the younger generation. And the Bible says both those sounds mixed and became a loud sound that could be heard from, from long run. But the Bible says, don't despise the day of small That's beginnings right. because the Lord is happy to see the work begin. And there's, everybody has to have a beginning place. That's right. Everybody has to have a beginning place. You don't begin at the top. You begin where you start. It's not where you're going to stay, but it's where you start. And that's why the Bible is very plain about, you know, if God's given us gifts and talents, yeah. if we're faithful over those little gifts and talents, he'll make us ruler over much. That's right. Right. And so like it's same, what you're saying was the same that happened to me. I was in a, a little room in my house with one camera, like looking into this little camera, you know, it, it was rough. I mean, but like, I just like felt this burning thing like you yeah. did, just go at it, you know, just go at it. And then God said, all right, you're faithful to go into like a little room in your house with one camera. I'll give you more. You it's know true. what I mean? It's so true. And that's exactly how it's worked for you. Yeah. It's just, and then, you know, then we, we were attending a church, right? So I was serving, I was, I was doing everything. So that's why it's important to find a church, just don't watch online, get involved. And then the Lord put it, put it on my heart to reach people mm -hmm. like never before. And so I remember my wife uh, and I, we went to a park. We didn't get the permits. We had no money to get permits. <laughs> we just drove around. So this is a good park. We, we bought our, bought like a 55 inch TV. We didn't even have a 55 inch TV. Mm -hmm. We got pizzas. We got some volunteers. I borrowed a generator, a sound system, and we put together our first event. It was like maybe 15 people, 10 of which was our own volunteers. And we did something. I'm making impact. That's, and that's what I wanted to do. I want to make impact for my generation. You know, one, at one point, I'll, I'll get to a place where I'm in stadiums. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, 
that was like 2018, 2019. Mm -hmm. I look back to where I started and I just see the increase of faith, the increase of God's provision, the increase how God brought people to help. I mean, it's truly just, you know, I needed that starting point. Of course, you have to you have know, it. You have to have it. Because like, why, you know, it's like my, my uncle used to say this all the time. He would say, you know, God's never going to take you to Timbuktu if you've never been to Timbuktu. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? Because you have to start somewhere. There's always, you know, there's people, if, it's funny how people think, you know, God's going to use to do this big, massive thing. They've even, if they've never even talked to their neighbor about Jesus. It's true. He's going to put you on some platform in a crusade field somewhere and you don't even talk to your coworkers about Jesus or your neighbor about Jesus. That's true. Now, I will encourage those of you that are watching, you definitely want to stick around because I, a little bit later in this broadcast, I'm going to have Evangelist Mike give you some practical steps that you can take right now to start reaching people for Jesus, to start making an impact where you are. What we're talking about right now, where we're saying, start where you're at, start where you're at. We're going to give you practical steps before this comes to an end where you say, well, I'm introverted. I'm shy. I don't know how we're going to give you the way that you can get started immediately because there's not, remember this, there's no believer that is exempted from soul winning. There's no believer That's true. exempted from soul winning. That's true. Everyone in the body of Christ is called to win souls, to preach the gospel to all of creation and see men and women come into the kingdom. So nobody's exempted. But I know there's a hang-up sometimes. People yeah. are like, well, you know, I'm, I'm quiet, I'm timid, you know, I'm, I'm introverted, that's not really my thing, I don't talk to people freely, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm embarrassed to do that. There's a lot of people I'm sure like that. In fact, I think public speaking is people's number one yeah, fear. Absolutely. <laughs> but, absolutely. But, but we'll, it was we'll, my fear. Yeah. Know? And I'm, I'm like, you know, you're supposed to be, you know, grow up in an Italian family, you're loud, you're outgoing. But when it comes to one-on-one, -on -one, you know, breaking the ice and, and telling somebody about Jesus, that's, how funny is that? Right. It's just, you just, a halt yeah. automatically. Uh, you know, I don't want to offend somebody. I don't want to hurt someone's right. feelings. Brick wall. Yeah, brick wall. Exactly. Exactly. And so that, that by, by the time we're done, some, Justin said, sure is mine, public speaking. Uh, it, it's very important to understand that there is, there are things you can do. Yeah. There are practical steps you can take to make your work for God more efficient to make your work for God more impactful so that you're not just flying by the seat of your pants. You have a strategy. You actually have a strategy to do the thing God's called you to do. You know, think about this. If you've got people in the world that are just, they're selling a product and they build up the wherewithal to go out and do cold call sales. Yeah. I mean, we, we have somebody that's connected to our ministry. We just filmed a podcast. Uh, many of you know Jenna um, that, that works with us. Her husband, is a phenomenal salesman. And he's, he's m multiple different things he's sold in his, in his career, but he'll do cold calls. I mean, literally knocking on doors in the middle of cities and, and selling things. And you'd think, well, who's gonna, I'm telling you, got to the place <laughs> where he was in the top 10 salesman in his company That's in incredible. the nation. That's incredible. You know, and now he's what, number two in the company? Now in this month, he's the top, top wow. one. I think what, 11 different major installs this month. So, so he understands that, but You've got somebody that's filled with the Holy Ghost, somebody that, that has God's favor on their life. And if you can sell a product, if you can do cold call sales, there's people that pick up the phone. And, uh, you know, we've told stories, me and my cousin worked for call centers yeah. when we were in Bible school. You know, he would make cold call sales, my cousin Jonathan, and, and, and stuff. And I would, I would call people. 
if people can do that for a natural product yeah, that's good. and build up the courage to sell something temporary, something that's that's not even has no eternal value, how much more should we be able to build ourselves up to that place where Amen. we can deliver the greatest thing ever, Christ and his spirit, to those that are dying and on their way to hell? There's a way to get to that place where it's not random. It's, it's not true. flying by the seat of your yeah. pants. And so you don't want to miss this because it's so vital to understand that. But then you got to the river. Yep, got to the river. Got connected with Pastor Rodney. That, that was all the Lord's doing. You know, when I got to the river, I made sure, because I grew up in church, I said, Lord, I want a fresh slate. I don't want to pretend I know anything. I want to come like a new believer in your word, and I want to be washed by your word. Mm -hmm. And someone told me in, at, the, at, the, at the school, best advice I ever got, said, stay hungry. Stay hungry, stay hungry. And so that's exactly what I did. I was obedient, you know. And the number one thing the devil lied to me about, because I was like 26 at the time, you're too old to go to Bible school. Mm -hmm. and, I, and, I, and that really messed with my mind, because I was like, you know, usually people go to college, what, they're 18, 17, right. and stuff like that. I'm 26, 27, going into Bible school. You know, that in the natural, it's like, it I looks like people, you're just starting. I had people in my Bible school that were in their 70s. Wow. <laughs> like students. Yeah, yeah. 70s, 60s. There's people that had like retired from their career and they're like, you know, I want to go to Bible school and, and use the rest of my life to yeah. serve the Lord, you know. So there's, and that's a great point for people to hear. It's never, it's never too late. Too late to that's get right. started. It's, it's, just, it's just how hungry are you? Do you want to be obedient? Do you want to make impact in your life? Start today. Start today. Don't delay, start today. That's so important. <laughs> That's a great way to think of it. It keeps you to rem remember that, that principle. Don't delay, start today. Because here's the thing, procrastination is the thief That's good. of fruit production. Procrastination is the thief of fruit production. If we know something about God, it is this. He's looking for production from his people. Yeah. He's looking for fruit production from his people. Uh, the parable of the talents tells us that. The way Jesus interacted with his disciples tells us that. The way the apostles function tells us that. God's looking. And in fact, um, when we look through John chapter 15, yeah. Jesus is teaching about the fact he's the vine, we're the branches, right. right? But what does he say? If you stay connected to me, if you remain in me and my word remains in you, you can ask whatever you will, it will be done for you. And then it said, you'll produce much fruit for That's my right. father. And it brings great glory to my father when you produce the fruit. That's right. And so there's no question. The Bible says that when he examines the branches, if there are no uh, signs of fruit on those branches, the Bible says he'll sever them from the yeah, vine. cut them off. And throw them in a pile to be burned. So he's not playing games when it comes to fruit production. Yeah. That's his number one uh, most valued thing because the fruit we're talking about is the souls of men and women. That's right. That's the harvest. In fact, Jesus was so serious about this. He told the disciples, look how plenteous the harvest is. Yeah. And he said this 2000 years ago, look how plenteous Matthew chapter nine. He said, but the laborers are few. That's right. So here's what I want you to do. Now, this was interesting. Jesus never said to pray that the world would be saved or pray that souls would be saved. That's not a scriptural prayer. He said, now pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send laborers into his harvest field. The true prayer for souls is God. And, and listen, I never will pray. I don't want to pray something for someone else that I wouldn't pray for myself. That's right. That's good. So when we do our noon prayer, which we're doing again today, 
when I pray, the first prayer I pray is, Lord, make me an effective laborer in this in the harvest field. Make me an efficient laborer in the harvest field. Because it would be it would be a cop out for me to say, God, send laborers out to reap yeah, the harvest. True. I'm the one praying. Send me. If nobody else will go, send me. You got to get that mindset in your spirit. Lord, if nobody else is willing, use me. I'm here. That's right. I'm available to you. If there's anyone around me, my neighborhood won't do it. I'll, I'll do it. Use me first. And then pray that God would send laborers. God's looking for fruit production. So catch it. Procrastination is a fruit production killer. That's why the devil would yeah. love to cause you to wait, wait, right. wait. You're in a season of waiting. Yeah. I had someone tell me that once. <laughs> You're in a season. I'm in a, just in a season yeah. of waiting right now. I said, what a joke. Yeah. You know, and like I've heard it said, delayed obedience is disobedience. You could turn that around today. You could make up your mind today and say, I'm no longer going to be disobedient. I'm going to be, I'm going to do what the Lord's called me to do. Reach people, love people and, and win souls. Delayed obedience is disobedience. You know, I coined that phrase back in the 1950s. And so if you guys didn't know that, that was mine back. I told that to Walt Disney in the 1930s. Um, <laughs> But it's true. It's absolutely true. You can see it no matter how you look at it yeah. because you say, well, I'm, I'm planning to do it in the future. Yeah, but I told you to do it now. So yeah. this is, even if you say, I'm planning to do it in the future, Lord, he spoke to you to get started. So the whole time period between when he spoke to you, when you're planning to do it is a season of disobedience yeah. that he can't bless. He cannot bless a season of disobedience. And so you just moved on it. Yeah, like, I just, I just took, I just took it. I just took it. You know, I had that encounter where I was like, enough is enough. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to wait anymore. I'm not going to wait for another friend of mine to kill themselves. I'm not going to wait for another friend to overdose. I'm not going to wait for another school shooting, another disaster to come. I'm going to do, I'm going to fulfill everything that God's going to do. And, you know, imagine God not backing me. Right. You know, would you think that? I mean, yeah. when you start moving with God, God starts moving with you. Because he's just looking for someone who's willing. That's it. That's it. He just, he just, he says, there's somebody that's doing it. I'm going to help them. But it takes you to physically do something. Yep. Nothing happens without you physically doing something. We just didn't get here in the studio. We got into our cars. We got ready. We came here and now we're on live. Right. You know? Yeah. You got to so take action. People watching right now, you could, you could do something today. You could do something today that will mark attorney, that will get God's attention. Amen. Yep. That's exactly right. And you know, I used to know people that would do things like that. You know, they wanted to get into music production and they'd buy all the equipment yeah. and, they'd, and they'd sit there and they'd tinker and tinker and they'd say, well, there's another piece of gear coming out next month from this company. Once I get that, yeah. then I can really produce. Then I can do and it. Then, oh, but you know what? There's a new computer coming out next month. Once I get that, <laughs> I can, and then it's always waiting on the next thing yeah. and nothing ever gets produced. Yeah. And, it's, and it's very, very frustrating because it's in your mind, you know, Listen to in that context, they're waiting for every perfect piece of gear to produce anything. Yeah. I look back in the nineties, there was this band called Sublime. Okay. And Sublime was this like, I don't know how you would how you'd really describe them. They were kind of like a grunge rock yeah. style band. But I remember hearing this about them because they went like platinum. They produced their first album on an, they had like a, an eight track, multi-track recorder in their okay. living room. Wow. And they plugged their instruments in it and recorded their whole album in their living room. And then they had a friend at a local community college that ran the music department that let them come in at night and use the studio to mix and master their music. Wow. And so they didn't have any budget. They didn't have all this stuff. But they had like a hunger to make music. And they plugged it in in a place that didn't look professional, but they didn't wait and say like, well, when someone signs us yeah, and we'll we get it. into a professional studio, we'll really make music. They made a platinum album that came out 
just because they had a hunger to put music yeah. out. They weren't even Christians. <laughs> you know I mean, imagine the drive. Yeah. You know, imagine the drive. I, I look at people like, you know, laziness is a killer. Oh, yeah. You know, it's a killer. And I, I think to myself when I look at people like, if you got sinners that have so much more drive than Christians, yeah. it's like, look at Grant Cardone. Look at Gary V. Yeah. Look at these guys. They're like, they're hustling for like, <clears throat> look at the Tony Robbinses yeah. of the world. It's like, they're hustling for what? They're on their way to hell. Yeah, that's right. And they're hustling their product, their thought process, you know, whatever, to people for something so temporary. Yeah. You know, this is mind-blowing. People that's may good. not know who uh, Gary V is, Gary Vaynerchuk, but he's, he's, he's a businessman. He's a, a motivational speaker, an entrepreneur, all these different things, social media marketer, all these different things. But um, he said something one time, and he, he has a lot of stuff online. And if you're offended by colorful language, don't look up his don't look up his YouTube channel or his social media because he cusses like a sailor. But he's not a Christian. He's not a Christian. So one time he, you know, everybody's looking for a motivational word from him, yeah. right? And he's in his car. They're driving him away from this venue. One time he posts this online, and this girl ran up to his window and said, "Wait before you go, give me a word." She was like, "Give me a word, like three words." That will motivate me before you leave the venue. Wow. Th give me three words. And he thought about it for a second. And as they're getting pulled away, he looks at him and he goes, you will die. Wow. And then pulled away. It blew her mind. Yeah. Because what happened? He just inserted urgency into her spirit. Wow. That's that like, I better get to work on what I have it's in me to do. Because time's running out. That's right. I mean, think about that. That's There's incredible. a guy that's not even a Christian. Yeah. Who's using the same motivational force. Life is but a vapor. vapor. Yeah. And using the same motivational voice to push somebody into their purpose. Yeah. With with the with what Jesus used, urgency. 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 Time awareness. Time. The gospel's a limited time offer. That's right. We got to work while it's yet day. The night's coming where no man can work. And you've got sinners with more motivation than Christians. It blows my mind. It blows my mind. You see it everywhere. It's like, how can you be a Christian and know what you have and know what, what's available and like you don't do anything? Yeah. You just, you <clears throat> sit and don't do anything. It's, it's mind blowing to me that that's the, that's the case with a lot of people. It's true. It's true. That's why I think you said it, that you wanted a spiritual hunger. That was the thing that, that rang in you. That's what John G. Lake told. He said, if I could transfer one thing to the body of Christ, it would be spiritual hunger. It is. It's true. You know, and then like you read, you spend time with the Lord <clears throat> because I would say, What's the number one thing, you know, that you can do to have, an, you know, to, to reach people? Probably prophetic dance. Yeah, exactly. I would guess. <laughs> Flag waving and trumpet blowing. <laughs> but spend time, you know, imagine, you said that a couple Sundays ago, we're designed to have communication, commune, um, communion with communion God. With God. Yeah. We're designed for that. So if I know the Father and the Father knows me and I know how important it is to reach people, to reach people, then I'm going to do whatever it takes to make my father proud. Yeah. And, and that's number one, spend time with the Lord. Understand that, that the power that he's given you is for a time, a purpose, and it's for now. It's yeah. for us to move today. Move quickly. Move now. I mean, you can't say it enough. Time is running out. Yeah. Time is running out. Jesus is coming. But even if Jesus wasn't coming, think of this. People are dying. It's true. People are dying. You know, you expect, you expect everybody, you know, and of course for believers, we, we confess and declare that like, you know, my, my life will not be cut short. I was talking to my cousin and um, there was this guy that he got saved, you know, it was his barber. Yeah. My cousin, Jonathan. Yeah. His, his barber's name was Aaron and his, his great guy. But like, you know, he went in there uh, and it was just like 
total center. Yeah. Uh, meaning, like, he was involved in some shady stuff and all this stuff. And, and my, my cousin kept going in there ministering to him to the place where he finally ended up getting him saved. And, uh, and everything started coming to church and all that. Yeah. And um, I, I called my cousin not long ago, like literally just a couple months ago. And I, that guy just had come up in my heart and said, hey, what's up with Barber, the Barber Aaron? Aaron the Barber, you know, they called him Aaron the Barber. I, and he was like, he, he fell back into addiction and died. He overdosed and died. I heard about that. You know, so, okay, so Aaron the Barber's what? In his maybe 40s, maybe, maybe early yeah, 40s, late yeah, 30s? Definitely. And you think like, okay, even if Jesus isn't coming back like today, you know, he could come back today. Yeah. But like, if you took the rapture out of the equation, yeah. right? Because people, oh, people have been saying he's coming back for thousands of years, you know, whatever. If you take that out, yeah. people are in the, the claws and jaws of sin. It's true. And it's destroying people's lives. There are people dying all the time Absolutely, yeah. in their sins. And if you took, even if you took the rapture out of the equation and just thought sin's a killer yeah. and it's killing everyone it touches. And, and that, that alone produces an urgency, that life is but a vapor, people are dying in their trespasses and sins, and there's only one answer to get them out of that kind of judgment. Yeah. It's, that, that alone will motivate That will just, I mean, you got to understand, you want people to have a great life. You love somebody, you want them to have a good life, a life of, of ease, not struggle. Right. So it's like that, that alone, just what you were saying, that should just be your motivator. Yeah, Jesus you know? said, are any of, uh, among you weary and, and heavy laden or loaded down with burdens? Come unto me and I'll give you rest. Yeah. For my yoke is easy. Jesus isn't calling you to him to have a harder life than sin gives no, you. Absolutely not. He's calling to lift your burdens. Come unto me, I'll give you rest. For my yoke's easy. My burden's light. Amen. Jesus doesn't call you. You know, I always joke people because it's like, you know, people come say, well, I, I want to receive Jesus. And then Jesus says, oh, you thought your life was hard before. Come take my cross upon you. I'll show you what a hard life is. That's not what Jesus said. No. He said the exact opposite. If you're heavy laden, come unto me. I'll give you rest. I'll lift your yokes. I'll lift your burdens off of your shoulders. Cast your cares on me. I'll care for you. That's right. You're not called to carry burdens. You're called to carry blessings. Amen. And so that's the key. You're called to carry blessings. So this life, when you show somebody the gospel, you know, T.L. Osborne used to say this all the time. It would blow his mind that when he'd go to third world countries and preach, one of the first things that, that he'd see after some, a, a group of people got saved, and it would blow his mind, God restored their dignity. But, yeah. He'd say, I'd wow. see people that'd come naked. Yeah. They didn't even know. They had no shame. They were wow. living like animals, scrounging in the trash for, for food to eat, yeah. living naked, living in the slums, and then they'd get saved. And he said, no one would tell them to. They'd come back to the crusade the next night clothed. Yeah. He'd say, and I'd see something, God restores their dignity. Yeah. That when you come to Christ, you stop being an animal trying to get by. God restores that first. He makes you the person that he's called you to be. It's, it's absolutely amazing. You know what's crazy? Lester Summerall, I believe, said this. He was in a part of the world where people were cool with having more than one wife. Yeah. Like all these wives. And I people started so. getting saved. Yeah. This and, is they, so and, and no one instructed them to do it, but they went to having one wife. One wife. One wife it was like... Mind-blowing how the Holy Spirit will speak to you and transform you, yeah. transform your life. So you launched out of Bible school, of course, received impartation from Pastor Rodney. Yes, sir. I know that was a blessing to that be under his blessing. ministry and, and connected, and you're still connected yeah. with Pastor Rodney. Um, because what, and what a blessing he is Absolutely. to everybody that, that he comes in contact with. Um, but you received something that you took out of there. Oh, yeah. That impacted you. 
you know, people don't understand impartation's real. It's it's totally it real. It matters who's yeah. pouring into you. Yeah. Who lays who you know, the quality of life depends on whose hands being laid on you. Yeah, there's no question about that. You know? Uh, people that don't think that's true have not read the Bible. It's true. It's true. You know, I've, I've talked at length about that. Impartation is so real that it set Timothy in a place where he could minister effectively and impactfully even at a young age, where, where Paul said to him, your grandmother had faith, your mother had faith, and it was all transferred to you, Amen. and you've got a gift in you that came when I laid hands on you. That's right. I mean, it changed his whole life to the point where Paul was sending Timothy to different churches when he couldn't go and saying, now you go and teach them how to live like I live. Wow. And, and Timothy was doing the work. So impartation's real. And then you started to see the fruit of that power manifesting in your ministry. And you're seeing it now oh, at the man. greatest level you've ever seen. Absolutely. So my, my wife and I, we, we pastored for a season. We mm -hmm. were in uh, Rockford, Illinois, Riverside Assembly of God. We pastored for a season. And uh, it, was, um, it was Kenneth Hagin. He says, if you're a traveling evangelist, pastor for two years. If you're a pastor, <laughs> Uh, evangelized for two years and that was some besides that that was the most practical teaching that we ever got just dealing with people having the heart for the lost yep. and so uh, we did that and then what was it a year to almost two years August Lord launched us into full-time ministry and our ministry to God be the glory is just taking off another level where we're seeing you know we're putting on these events these crusades outreaches whatever you want to call them but people are so hungry for the gospel you know we were just in Texas and Do we have some of those pictures throw up some of those pictures while he's talking about it and see what God did in Texas we were just in Texas uh, Burleson Texas it was like hundred and ten degrees I mean I wouldn't want to stay out there but I was preaching the gospel and people didn't leave they stayed glued to their seats and then after all that I gave them an opportunity to accept Christ you know, to call on the name of Jesus to accept him as his Lord and Savior. And people responded. You know, if you present the gospel, people respond because that's the power of God until salvation. The gospel wow. works. You know, there's there's hundreds of people, hundreds of hundreds of thousands, but the thousands of people in there. And then I prayed for people. I said, if you want prayer, come line up. Come line up. Wow. And people lined up. I'm telling you, it was so hot. It was like the most uncomfortable. And Texas is a different kind of hot than yeah. anywhere else. It was just it's it was like brutal. It's like the fires of hell have <laughs> descended into a state. It's true. And the wonderful freedom we have in Texas, but the heat. I, I mean, if you're a pastor in Texas, you'd always, I feel like you'd always be preaching on hell just from feeling the heat <laughs> driving into your church. But I mean, absolutely amazing. So, and you just saw that and you saw, we saw I mean, 200 and some, 230 people give their hearts to the Lord. 230 salvations. And then and one, that, was that a one day event? That was a one day event. One day event, 230 I, souls into the kingdom in a one day event. We made up our mind that we were going to do something big. The Lord said, no small plans this summer. Mm -hmm. And people just like that stadium, we were there. It didn't even, they didn't even charge us. They didn't stadium charge didn't charge you. Nothing. Got the stadium Absolutely for free. Absolutely nothing. Praise you the know, Lord. The volunteers came. The people came. You know, people want to do stuff for the Lord. Imagine, you know, doing something for God and all the provision, all the help is, is there. Yeah. That's what God's doing. I want you to put the lower third up. If you want to check out more of uh, Evangelist Mike's ministry, he and his wife, Sarah, it's mjvministries.com. mjvministries.com. If you want to see all that they're doing and... Uh, we, I think we also have a video of your, of kind of like the summer, summer recap, the summer yeah. recap we're going to look at in a second. Don't have it yet. It, it's not, oh, it's not sent yet. Okay. It was in the Dropbox. And so, but I mean, if you want to check out more and I want to encourage you to do something, I want to encourage you to, if you've, if you've never been able to encounter 
or have an encounter with this ministry, you've never been in one of the live services, you've never got to hear him teach, they teach online, uh, and all of the social stuff's on your website as yes, well, sir. all your social links, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, um, all those things, connect, connect with his ministry. But I would encourage you to become a partner with his ministry and see what God's doing. When you connect yourself to a, a soul winning ministry as you have with this ministry, I'm telling you, it pays dividends. It pays dividends because God is actively interested in seeing the lost come into the kingdom. He's actively interested to seeing the lost. So when you partner with a soul winning ministry, God makes sure you're blessed because it's his number one desire to see souls come in. That's amazing. 230 some people in a one day yeah. event come into the and kingdom it wasn't, of God. You know, it wasn't a long event. You don't need to preach the gospel long. You preach the gospel in demonstration. Yep. One of the girls that were there, we prayed for, she testified that she just, she said, and she's, I don't know this woman. I don't know this young girl. She said, I felt something come out of me. Wow. I felt something come out of me. And she said it was the most beautiful thing. I mean, and this other girl, she won a little MacBook Pro. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know she won a MacBook Pro. And I went up to her and said, oh, what was your favorite part? My favorite part is when you prayed for me. Wow. Imagine that. She's got a brand new MacBook Pro, but the, her favorite part, not winning the MacBook Pro, is getting, getting hands laid on her yeah. and, and prayer. Right. I mean, people know real. Yeah, they do. People know they real. They can spot fake from a mile away. Yeah. People yeah. can spot fake from a mile away. It's truly, it truly is amazing what God's doing. When people say, oh, you know, there's no move of God, you're, you, must, you must be blind or something. Yeah. Well, it's not covered by any news networks. No. Nope. They're never going to talk about it. And there's just this lie. Now, hear, hear what I'm saying right here, because this can be helpful for you. There's this lie that we're living in this post-Christian society where nobody's interested in God, nobody's interested in the gospel, nobody's interested, none of that stuff. But I'm telling you, that's a lie. Everywhere I've been, and I'm sure you can testify everywhere you've yeah. been, people are hungry for a move of the Holy Spirit. They're hungry for the word, they need help. I mean, I agree with you. If you wanna make the statement, people are not interested in dead, dry religion, and give me the comments if you can, uh, people are not interested in dead, dry religion. I would agree with you. I'm not interested either in, in dead, dry religion. But people are interested in the power of the Holy Ghost. They are interested in a move of the Spirit, seeing people change for real, not in theory, for real. Yeah. And I want to encourage you today because God, same thing we're talking about, God will use you to do these same types of things. God will use you to see souls saved. You say, really? I mean, like, I'm very, I don't know, I'm very quiet. God will use you. I wanted to take the time here towards the end to really just talk some practical application. Yeah. Some, some, some practical things that we, that we can put in place. You say, I want to be more effective for yeah. God. I want to be more efficient in the kingdom. How can I, let's just say we're talking to the average person. Maybe yeah. it's a, a soccer mom or, you know, somebody that's maybe, let's say, 41 or somebody that's in their 30s. And they're really, they're shy. They're, they're timid, you know, whatever. They're not, a, they're not an outgoing person, yeah. uh, but they have a heart to see people saved. Sure. What are some things that you would ta tell people that want to become a more effective soul winner and minister to their, their loved ones, coworkers, friends, and even people they may not know? Yeah. Well, first I would say, you know, have a relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Like have a deep relationship, spend time, have an appointment with the Lord every single moment. And put these in the comments as he's listing them. And this, this is very, very important. It's number one, have a relationship yep, with the because Lord. Because if you know the Lord, you'll know that he's given you power. Yep. You have his identity. Yes. You know, when you step forth, it's him stepping forth. Mm -hmm. So number one, have a relationship with the Lord. You ha love people, you know, not, and 
Yeah, Dr. Rodney would always say this, look at people the same way the Lord would look at people. Mm -hmm. You know, just because they're having a down day, maybe they don't smell the greatest, look at that person as if they were a pastor, if they were the next evangelist, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a, a next teacher, another T.L. Osborne, yeah. you know, and then not, don't judge by the outward appearance, you know, they could have a rough day. I don't care if they smell bad, right. you know, just show them some love, right. you know. And then uh, I'll tell you, that's a big deal when yeah. you talk about don't judge on the outward appearance, because you might look at a person from a distance and say, well, they look totally happy. They look totally fine. They don't look they, they need help at all. Yeah. But the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, yeah. there are men who laugh, but the laughter conceals a heavy heart. Mm, that's good. Not everybody that's smiling and is laughing is happy. Not just because somebody looks happy doesn't mean they're not battling chronic depression, suicidal thoughts, ready to take their own life, all that stuff. Yeah. Just do what God called you to and go to the people he led you to. Absolutely. You know, and so then I would say, share your testimony. You know, yes, you know, we do share with a soul winning script mm -hmm. on our website, yep. you know, but you don't need a soul winning script to share your testimony, share what God has done in your life. That's good. And that's easy because it's your story. Exactly. There's no wrong answer with that. Just share, you know, practice in a mirror, have a, uh, an elevator speech. I'm going to say a testimony where you reach somebody, you say, Hey, I know you're going through something rough, but this is what Jesus did for me. Mm -hmm. And, and then just, you know, the Bible says all those who confess Jesus as Lord and savior, they shall be saved. So pray with them, yeah. have them confess Jesus yep. as their Lord and Savior. And, and I make get them it very saved. simple. It's like there's the, two things. The Bible says, you know, confess that Jesus is Lord. Yep. Believe God raised him from the dead. Yep. You know, the, as, as one guy said, if even if we didn't have the entire Bible, yeah. if we just had the resurrection, we could have Christianity. Absolutely. Absolutely. If we it's that easy. But God gave us the Bible. So we have all this fuel to build ourselves up right. to go do the work. But confess Jesus is Lord believe that God raised him from the dead. It doesn't have to be like you said, a 30 minute no, interaction. Absolutely not. You know, because also like, even for our events, these aren't unchurched people. They, you know, they're not gonna sit in an hour service. Listen to theology. Listen, yeah. Right. Just be real, be yourself. Don't be a weird Christian. You don't have to give the person a word. You don't <laughs> right. have to wave flags and anoint them with oil. Just pray with them, pray with them, meet them where they are. And I think that's where, you know, that's the big thing. Meet people where they are. Yeah. And then invite them to church. Most people don't go to go, go to church because they're not invited. Yeah, you know that's actually a statistic. They've said I think it's over eighty percent of people that are asked have said I would go to church if someone invited me. That's right. And I mean it's like that's sad that there's people in North America yeah. that have not been invited to church. And there's, it's that's mind blowing to me. And it, it is true. And, and you know what's even crazier if you go up and and use the soul winning script. We say, has anyone ever told you that God loves you and He has a wonderful plan for your life? You'll be surprised, Pastor Ted that most people you encounter, I've never heard God loves me. Yeah. I've never heard that God loves me. And most me. people, forget God loves you, most people never hear I love you. Yeah. From their parents. It's true. People in that's, rough situations, they're in rough rough homes. There's many people that have never heard simply, I love you. Yeah. You know, I, God dealt with me about that. Uh, there's people that come into church, they've never felt peace. No. They don't know what peace feels like. It's not in their home. That's true. It's not in their relationships. It's, 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 they don't, so when they come and feel the peace of God, it's mind blowing. Yeah. You know, it's like, man, we had, we had uh, contractors and subcontractors work at our house. Yeah. And they come in and say, man, I'll come back here and work anytime you want. There's such peace wow. in your home. Yeah. They're not Christians. Yeah. But they feel there's like something different about, I like the aura. Wow. You know, like, those different things. You know? like good the, vibes. There's good vibes in your house. I like, I like the aura in your house. People don't have peace. Yeah. They don't have joy. Yeah. So like when they feel it by the power of God, it's life changing. It is. It's totally it is. life changing. And so, you know, share your tech. Number one, have a relationship with God. Number two, share your testimony. I would say number three, be bold. Yeah. 
Be bold. You, you know, that's what one of the things the Holy Spirit gives you is a divine boldness right. to say what well, in your natural flesh, you'd have never said that. That's right. You'd have never approached that person or any of those things, but because you've got the Holy Ghost yeah. and you've got that boldness, you'll do what it you've changes, never done. It changes everything. You know, and understand that we're on borrowed time. We're on borrowed. The Lord put it in my spirit. I woke up one day with the book of Matthew in my spirit and the, and the disciples talking to Jesus and they said, Lord, when do we know when you're coming back? And, and Jesus answered the disciples, when we're in the days of Noah. Uh-huh, that's right. He said that. And then that just struck me because I, I start turning on the TV. The Lord had me start turning on TV. I started looking at all the news articles because yep. I don't watch TV. I don't watch my wife and I. I don't you either. Know? And I'm, I'm like, we're in the days of Noah. Right. Abomination, murders, corruption, war, corruption. Violence. It just, it just blows my mind. We're in it. We're in it. Those are the two things. I always touch on that. The two things Jesus said. It'll be like it was in the days of Noah and the days of Lot. Yeah. We're seeing both of those things right now every single place we look. Yeah. Every place. It's a sign that it's time to get to work. That's right. And so what he's saying is exactly right. Have a relationship with the Lord. Everything you're able to pour out to other people is what's been poured into you through your relationship with God. Yeah. Go ahead. People don't realize there's so much in them. Yeah. There's so much in them. When If you just, and that's why it's like when I take people out and I train people up, I'll, I'll make it like, you know, I'll talk to the person, oh, hey, what's your name? And then I'll say, oh, my friend here has something to tell you. I'll put that person in a hard spot where they are forced to be squeezed. And then it's the anointing of God that comes on them. Right. And they just start ministering to that person. You know, people want to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. Get out and, and do something. Meet God and God will meet you. Yeah, absolutely right. Relationship. Share your testimony. Be, be bold. bold. Be bold. Don't be ashamed. You'll be actually, I'm sure you can attest to this. People are surprised when they start talking to someone thinking they're going to get shot down and the person's actually like the walls break down. They open up. They're like, yeah, could you pray for me and my family? Then they start yeah. piling the prayer requests on you. Yeah, yeah. My mom also is battling yeah. something. Could you pray for my mom? And then my, my, my goddaughters, you know, it's like everything floods out of them yeah. when yeah. you start talking because like people have needs. People have needs. People really are hurting. People, they don't know who to go to. They, you know, it's like... People are tired of taking meds, you know, yes, they they're are. tired of all, instead of prescribing medicines, get into your word, you be the minister. You know, a minister is an administrator of the gospel. Yep. And so I tell that people, as, as you go out, God calls you to be a minister. You're administrating the gospel to hurting and dying people. Yeah, that's absolutely true. You know? That's absolutely true. Um, I want, before we go, and I want, I want uh, Evangelist Mike to be able to pray for those of you that are watching. Um, but I wanted to take just maybe five minutes, uh, if, if you have five minutes, if anybody has questions on this, I'd, we'd, I'd like to take some questions because this is one of those, this is one of those topics where people need to get involved uh, at large scale and people need to be involved quickly. As we said, there's an urgency. And so maybe you've had, maybe you've gone through some things or tried it before and it didn't work or whatever. What are some questions that you may have? We'll take a few of those before we pray and move forward. Um, so if you do have a question, I want you to pop it in the comments section and we'll, we'll answer that question and, and, and whatever it is, he may have something, I may have something. But uh, I feel like one, one thing that, that really holds people back is that they just have a lack of information or a lack of knowledge. The Bible says God's people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. It's only the truth that'll set you free. Mm -hmm. So you have to have a certain level of truth in order to, to fly at a high level of freedom. And so that's why I feel like it's important. If there's even just one thing holding somebody back, 
hey, I've not been able to get past this issue. I've not been able to get past yeah. this problem with my, my soul winning life or maybe, you know, I, I feel awkward. You said something today at breakfast, which was great. And I think that is, um, if you have something in your hand, it's a great way to start a conversation yeah. and to break the ice and get your foot in the door with somebody. It, it's different if you just come up to somebody blind, it's like, yeah. hey, can I talk to you for a minute? It's like, it's like people rush past. But if you have something in your hand, yeah. a lot of times you use a flyer yeah. or an event at your church or whatever it is. Um, you know, what, what we do is that even if there's not a, a special event, we just print up invitation cards yeah. to the church them, itself which has a QR code That's and the perfect. church name and all that stuff that you can just take and we made yeah. them even smaller so that people can take a bunch of them with yeah. them in their purse or wallet. And so even if you're at work or whatever, hey, you've got something in your hand yeah. ready Hey, to did go. you get this? And you know they didn't get it mm-hmm. because you're out passing it out. Right. But hey, did you get this? And it makes them stop and say, no, what is that? Oh, it's just a church invite card. Yeah. You know, it's an icebreaker. Sure. You know, and if you don't have that, right, let's say you're not coming to the church, but if you don't have that, you, my wife is great at this. She'll go up to anybody and she'll see uh, young girls or whatever with their nails done. Oh, I love your nails. Where'd you get those done? And then, oh, I got it done. They start s- starting up a conversation. Lead them into the salvation prayer. Yep. Has anyone ever told you God loves you? If something was to happen, do you know for sure where did you spend eternity? Yeah, because that's the thing. A lot, I think a lot of times people yep. think that the first thing you say to someone has to launch into like the salvation prayer. Absolutely not. You don't have to launch straight in and be like, hey, let me talk to you about Jesus real quick before you go on your way. It's like you can just start a normal conversation like you'd start with anybody. Anybody, yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Be friendly. Be friendly. Have a <laughs> smile. You know what I mean? Show the love of God. Show the joy of the Holy Ghost. That's it. You know, but I used to have it, and it's funny because I'd, I'd begin, to, I'd start spotting these guys. Like I'd get hit with them all the time. When I lived in Virginia, uh, I'd go to bar- <laughs> I, li- I love books, so I'd be like at Barnes and Noble. Yeah. But that's where the dudes for the multi-level marketing hang out. Oh yeah. And so I'd be like in the business section. They're waiting <laughs> for someone to be in the business section, and they'll come and be like, "Bro, I love that shirt," or like you know what it was like yeah. some way to like you yeah. know start talking to you. Bro, that's such a sick shirt. Hey, listen, how would you like to make ten thousand dollars a week? It's like, <laughs> okay, I know where you're headed when you say you yeah. know you see me in the b- business section of the yeah. bookstore. You're coming over. Um, but again, it doesn't have to be cheesy like that. No, it doesn't. You have a genuine conversation with somebody. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, she's not forcing that. Yeah. You just find something you can say or comment on. And if, if you pray before you go out, if, if you're determined to lead somebody to the Lord, the Lord has somebody that he wants to speak to. There's so many times where we, before we would go out, we pray, Lord, I ask you for divine connections. And we go up to that person. And I remember we were in uh, Wisconsin. We were just knocking on apartment doors. And I went on to this apartment door and lady opens up, give her a flyer. And I said, by the way, has anyone ever told you the Lord loves you? Has a wonderful plan. And she looks at me, her face turns white. Where, where did you come from? I said, oh, we're part of this, this local church um, and just inviting people to church. That's all. Did, do you know my brother? I'm like, no. She's on the phone with her brother. Did you send this guy to come and knock on my, no. And I'm saying, what's going on? My brother just prayed, Lord, send somebody to my sister Prend wow. somebody. So the Lord will set you up. Yep. You just need to be willing and obedient to go out. And before you know it, it's not even awkward. Who told you it's going to be awkward? Who told you it's going to be hard? That's right. You just get out there. You start going and understand God's with you. That he hasn't left you. He, he wants you to fulfill the call of God on your life. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. And that's powerful. You just have to do it. Get, just have to get started, uh, you know. A conversation's enough. Yeah. A conversation's enough. Um, 
David said, while I'm not really involved anymore, I believe God led me around network marketing people to learn basic people skills and how to start a not weird conversation. Because you, you can glean that information. Yeah. I mean, think about how, like I, I referenced um, our friend Ralph, think about how much easier it is now for him to just talk to people. Yeah. You know, Alex did that, walk the, walk the neighborhoods of, of Houston with Vivint for all the, yeah. that time just knocking doors. How much easier is it now to just approach somebody when you've done cold call, cold call hard sales, it's true. you know, door to door? It becomes, you know, because you're going to get a whole lot less FUs with like, <laughs> I like your shoes, you know, yeah. God loves you, than like, would you like to buy a security system? Yeah, right. You know? like, <laughs> F you, get off my doorstep, never come back. You know, but you're not going to get that kind of, you might get a couple of those if yeah. you're like, but but it's it's a whole other thing. It builds your boldness and it, it, it lets you know, like, I can do that. I can talk it's to not people. Hard. I can do this. Like it's I can talk hard. to people. It's not. It's not the end of the world. It's. It's easy. It's Excellent. easy. Absolutely. We have a guy in our church does a phenomenal oh, job. Yeah. He's an Uber driver, and and he'll just start talking to anybody that gets in the car, and he's leading people to Jesus all the time, and and talking to people and getting them saved. He'll send me videos. Another person prayed the prayer of salvation. They were crying, felt the weight lift off their shoulders, and so and just uses his time as an Uber driver. And being in contact with people on a nonstop basis to pray for him, to lead him to Jesus. And it's and you can see when the videos, when he sends me the videos, it's not people that are just like, let me hurry up and pray with this guy so I can get him, get him out of my hair. And yeah, just yeah. like, no, it's like they're crying. And they're saying like, I felt something leave me. I felt something lift off my shoulders. That's just taking your opportunities. That's what Paul said to the Ephesians. Right. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. You got to make the most of every opportunity that you have. And so... Uh, before we do anything, I wanted Evangelist Mike to just pray for those yeah. of you that are watching and listening and ask God to give you that new fire, that new boldness, and, and to open your eyes to what's possible in your life, what God will use you to do. So step out, receive this by faith, and believe God you're going to another level. In a Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank you for everybody watching right now, Lord. Lord, I pray right now the same fire that hit me in, in Hawaii, Lord, and activated my spirit. Lord, I pray the same fire would touch everybody right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, just like Apostle Paul said in the book of Acts, as they went out, nobody would try to stop them. Lord, as they go out, nobody would try to stop them. No fear, no anxiety, no doubt would try to stop them to witnessing, to sharing the good news in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, I thank you for this time next week. We'll hear about testimonies of people being bold for you, people standing on your word, people doing what you called them to do, and hearing great mighty moves of God in their local community in Jesus' mighty name. I curse fear off of you in Jesus' name. I curse anxiety. I, I curse the, the what if I fail syndrome off of you in Jesus' name. Receive that boldness. Receive that impartation right now now in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Amen. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.